Good morning. How are you all doing today? It's good to see you all. We're blessed to be having um, a special day to remember our mothers. Um, And we are blessed to have our mother with us. So we are very happy for that. Well, today um, I want to talk to you about overcoming and my struggle with sin. Um, There seem to be things in life that we can't really get away from, that we can't leave behind. And I'm just going to use, because it's probably one of my, you know, closest to my heart are my children, right? My husband, but my children. And wanting them to know and love Jesus and to see his power and his ability to change and have a relationship with him and for them to experience that. And a lot of times, as mothers, we can feel like, well, I'm constantly messing up. You know, I lose my patience with them, and I yell at them. And, you know, how are they going to see that God can change us if he can't change me, right? And I plead with God. And I've, you know, I've asked him, please help me. I don't even know how many times, um, for years, I want to change. I'm asking him to help me to change. But yet, I still, it's still the anger just rises up in me or whatever it is, and I don't follow through with what I want to do. And I'm tired. Are you tired? I'm not talking about, you know, like going to work and you've worked hard and you're coming home. It's this lack of victory in Jesus. I'm tired, and I need him to come in and do something different. In Romans 7.19, it says, For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I do. How many of us can say, Paul, I get you. I get him. Okay, I mean, that is, we want but we don't do. And I wanted, if you ever felt like this lamb, I saw this on social media the other day, and I was like, that is me. And maybe you've seen this before, but this boy is pulling Jesus, right? He's there to pull us out. And then we'll, oh, we're free. And we jump right in again. We're stuck again in the same thing that we were just freed from. And that's, like, God has promises, right? He promises victory. He promises freedom. Um, And why am I not experiencing that? Will you pray with me? Lord, I just ask that you would send your Holy Spirit here. Lord, that you would communicate, that you would teach your word, that you would free us, Lord. Please take us to the next place with you. Um, Help us to know you, um, to love you, and to experience victory in you. We know that you've saved us from sin, and Lord, we just want to walk in that newness of life where sin no longer has power over us. And we just thank you so much and love you. Amen.
So before we like get into too much, let's zoom out a little bit and look at the bigger picture um, of what God has done. So we were created, right? And for those of you with computers, we were created with a certain operating system, okay? And we function well in a certain way. God created us to be functioning and to have our desires met and to have joy and to have peace and to have patience and to have all of these things. He created us for that. That's why our hearts long for it, because we were created for that. But we didn't remain in that operating system of love, right, and trust. And we stepped outside of that as humans, as humanity. And now we are blind and stuck. We, don't even, we can't even see the right way on our own. And everything that we think that we can do to bring us that peace and that joy and that happiness and that, that we long for, everything that we do to try to achieve that leaves us broken. It leaves us um, not having achieved that. It seems to lead to happiness, but in the end it leads to dysfunction and hurt. And we want that happiness he created us for. And the next um, slide, we have a car. This car was created as well. And it was created to run on gasoline. Okay? If the car somehow had a mind and could disobey and went out and said, you know what, I'd rather have water instead. What's going to happen to that car? You know, the water doesn't stink as much and... It's clear, and it's easier to get. It doesn't cost as much. That car is not going to function. And we're the same way. We are in this, like, body of selfishness um, that, that doesn't function. It doesn't work, even though it seems like it will. It seems like if we go after the things that we want, we will achieve happiness. We will achieve these things our hearts desire. But just like that car, we'll be broken on the side of the road, going nowhere. So God stepped in, and he gave us the Ten Commandments. He made a covenant. He saw us floundering down here, and he desired to give us all good things. And in this covenant, this, these Ten Commandments, this way, he showed us how to get back. He showed us the standard. He showed us, hey, this is how life works. This is how you function. This is how you can achieve all that your heart is desiring. He showed us love. And that's what it like, basically boils down to, love versus selfishness. And I am constantly fighting that selfishness. Why do I get upset at my children and lose my patience? Because they're bothering me. Or they're, it's, it, it ends up being about me. Okay? Where love is others-centered and others-focused and out-giving and thinking of others. And that is the way in which it doesn't seem like we would, you know, who's going to take care of me, right? But God does, okay? And that's how we function in happiness and in joy and peace is in love. Um, So the purpose of the law was to bring us to Christ, Galatians 3.24. To bring us to Christ, 
that we might be justified by faith. So the law is there to show us, right? Did the law, the law didn't have power to do it in us. It's there to show us that how does it actually happen? That we might be justified by faith, okay? And we hear, I mean, it's all over the Bible, by faith, by belief, by trust, okay? That's how we're justified. That's how we're made right. That's how we get back what we've lost, but it doesn't, it doesn't click with me. Like, how do I, you know, how do I do that? So, um, God gave the Ten Commandments, and then in Exodus 19, 7 and 8, it says that Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before him them all these words which the Lord had commanded. Then all the people answered and said together, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. After they received these commandments, God, you're right. We see it. We, you've delivered us. We want to be with you. We're going to do these things. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord, and I cheered them on. When I read that in the Bible, like, I don't even know for how many years, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do that too. You know, all that the Lord has said, we're going to do. We're going to do it, God. Here we go. Um, and then I ended up looking down on them because... You know, the next chapter, the next few verses over, they've already messed up. And I start judging them and thinking, how can you be so dense? But then if I actually step back and look at my life, I'm no different. All that the Lord has said we will do, and then I, just like them, don't do it. We tried. And there's two approaches that many of us will go to, we can lower the standard so that we feel successful, right? I've kept the Sabbath. I go to church, and I don't do any work. I have never slept with another man, check, right, other than my husband. Like, we have these, like, checklists, but that is not the standard. The standard is so much higher than that. It's not just in the action. Um, I mean, I was talking with some of the youth this Sabbath. I was not even like, they totally came out with this on their own. They brought up the idols. Okay, these are our kids, so good job, mamas and daddies. (laughs) They brought up idols and said, well, what about our phones? You know, like, they wanted to know, like, how to live with God. What about our friends? Okay, How can we live this life where we're not torn between trying to serve God and trying to have friends on either side? We as adults get that. We as adults should understand the phone thing. What is it that our affections are for? When we have time, are we drawn to Christ? Are we going to him? Or are we scrolling Facebook? Or are we, you know, um, what are the things that have our affection, that have our time, that have our desire um, and so they brought up, you know, like the idols, the coveting. I was talking with one of my girls, like, and they were kind of going through the Ten Commandments. And they're like, yeah, that's not so bad. I think we can do that. And then um, one of them got to the coveting. And they're like, oh, well, that one's kind of hard. Because if you see something that someone has, you kind of just want it. It's not like you, you know, and your heart just kind of goes out after that. And like, but we can't change our hearts. And so we have this 
We, it's not a checklist. It's a higher standard. The other thing that can happen is that people um, have, see the standard, and they don't lower it, and they try, and they try, and they fail, and they fail, and they fail, and they can get up discouraged and leave because they, they aren't experiencing this victory that is talked about. God has always been faithful, right? He has never failed us. He has never, he has never broken that covenant relationship. His promise to us has remained firm, but ours has not. We fail constantly. God knew that. He knew that we wouldn't be able to do it. And his love was so great that this God of the universe, who created all of the universe, who created it to function in the way that it does, I mean, he's God. And he saw us, and he loved us. And he did not benefit. He suffered. He was uncomfortable. He gave up so much to come here. And he became a man. And he kept for us the other side of the covenant. And so then we have this God who is keeping both sides of the covenant to be able to give us this victory, this life in him. He became a man so that a man could keep the covenant. What a God! What a God we have! He lived, Jesus came here, he lived as a man. He revealed to us in living flesh who God is, what love is. And at the same time, he freed us. That we can have victory in him. In Ezekiel, um, in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27, we read God speaking. Because we're still unable to keep it, right? A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit I will put within you. I will take away your stony heart out of your flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments. So is God asking us to do it? He's not. He gave us these Ten Commandments, but he's not asking us to do it. He knew that we couldn't. He's saying, I am going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then I love the part that I will cause you to walk in my statues. It's just like a natural outflow of our hearts. It's not trying hard to, to do it. And like an example I can think of for children, um, homework, right? You can want to learn something. At least I have this experience. You can have a desire to learn something. But as soon as you're assigned it, the whole heart changes, right? You suddenly have to do something. It's not like your heart is going out and wanting to do it. Women and men, like the thing I can think of, because 
I mean, as you know, I, my, my favorite thing to do is not cook. Um, but there are times when there is someone in need or someone that I want them to know how much we care for them or that we love them, whatever, that I have a desire, I want to. And it's like, it's a joy to do it, right? It's a joy to make that meal, to be a blessing. But if someone tells me I have to cook, okay, or just the day-to-day, right? Oh, I have to get dinner tonight. What are we going to have? Like, that day-to-day, it is not out of that heart in the same way. And it's the same way when we start focusing on the law. The law is there to guide us to Jesus, to show us the standard. It is not a list that God's saying, here, do this. Because as soon as we're told, here, do this, suddenly we step back and we start fighting against that. Jesus says that I will do this. I will cause you. I will change your heart. You will be a new creature. You will be born again. Um, and then in Hebrews 8.10, this is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put their law in my, in their, my law in their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Hear God saying again, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it in your heart. It's not going to be this list of requirements that you have to do where you come up failing all the time. I'm going to change you so much that you are going to be fulfilling your own heart's desire by following me because I'm going to give you a new operating system. Okay, one of love, and you're going to feel like I feel, and you're going to see like I see, and you're, it's going to be the natural outpouring of your heart. How do we get this new operating system? How are we born again? How do we accept Christ to overcome sin in us? How? 1 John 5, 3, and 4 says... For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. So here it is. Here's the victory, right? I mean, Jesus did it, right? But here is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith. That's the victory. In my life, I've already told you that I have been pleading with God. I want victory, okay? I want you to do what you're promising that you do, that only you can do, that I can't do. I want that, God. And I was, I was actually in the 40 days of prayer. Um, I was talking to my friend, and we were talking about the 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 reading for that day, and it was like all of these verses of like that God is going to change your heart. He's going to do it. It's by faith. And I was just so, like, I get it, right? I know it's by faith. I know I have to believe. And I was just like talking to her about it, and she couldn't answer my questions. And then I was just like, God, I need steps. Like, give me steps. How do I do this? And the next day, He gave me steps. Exactly 
what I needed. And I can tell you, not that I'm like sitting at the table experiencing a life of complete victory and freedom, but I've tasted. I've tasted when I do these things that God, it's almost like like when my anger is like welling up. If I do these things, it's like, you know that old commercial like with Alka-Seltzer where it's like all bubbling up and they drop the Alka-Seltzer in and it just calms? It's like that inside of my heart. Like God actually does it. And so the steps that he brought me to. Number one, choose to turn your mind immediately away from temptation. How often does a thought come in? The thought's not sin, right? But then as I like think over it and think over it, it's taking root in my mind. And then I start getting angry and I start getting frustrated. Choose to turn your mind immediately away from temptation. You know, how can we do this? It's a choice. We can, we can do that. We can say, God, you know, take my mind. Sometimes, like, I'm having such a hard time getting away from the thoughts. Like, I'll go turn on music and start singing a song, with, you know, that's about him or reading something. Sometimes I need something else coming in. But I have to take an action to choose my mind immediately away from the temptation. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything, any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think, dwell on these things. Number two, believe and trust that sin's power is broken. I mean, it just comes down to belief. And this is just like what blowed my, blew my mind. Like, my whole life, right, I've known this. We've known this. But believe that sin's power is broken. Okay, that's just like, a, that's just like something that we do, right, in our minds. We believe that God has overcome. You're, you're dead to sin. Believe the power of your sinful nature's affection to sin is broken. You remember Jesus, when he was healing people, when he was on this earth? Over and over and over, by faith, you have been made well. Right? Get up and walk. By faith, you have been made well. Jennifer, believe that I've done what I've said that I've done. By faith, you have been made well. By faith, you have been freed. Number three, believe and trust Jesus to overcome. And this is kind of where I just like start, I guess, pleading with him in a different way. He is the only one who is able to overcome sin. I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to be able to. He is the only one who has. He's the only one who can. And he has to do it in me. He is the only one. He did it for you. He will overcome your sin. Ask him to overcome your sin in the moment of temptation and be specific. And this is where we just, God, 
I need you to overcome my anger. You are the only one who has ever overcome and had victory. And I need you to do that in me. You've promised that you will. Thank you for doing that. And number, number four, rest. What does God want to give us? Rest. Rest in the knowledge that he has overcome. Don't fight the temptation. When we fight the temptation, we are actually focusing on it and trying to resist it in our own strength rather than looking to Jesus for the victory. And I can tell you how many times I have gone around with all this self-talk, right? Like, Jennifer, it's not that big a deal. Just stay calm. Just like focusing on it, we lose the victory. We rest. We've asked Jesus. He's promised to do it. We rest. We quit fighting. We walk away from it. And trust that he has had the victory, that he is having the victory. And then, this is, I mean, yeah, so before we go on, this is his will. He left heaven for this purpose, okay? We don't have to wonder if this is something, if we're asking according to God's will or not. This is why he came here, right? Like, plain and simple, this is the baseline of why he came. He came and he did it, and he will do it. Believe and trust he has done it. And so our job then, run the race set before us, fixing on Jesus, the author, right, the creator, the beginning, the justifier, the one who made me right with God, and the finisher, the sanctifier. He has done it from beginning to end. He did something in which all I can do is accept. He sanctifies me. He frees me. He did it. He's doing it. And then number five, praise him for the deliverance. This is abundant life. This is what we were created for. This is when Jesus says, I give you living water that will well up inside of you, right? That will overflow. This is that life. This is what he wants to give us. Um, Ellen White has a quote in Desire of Ages, page 668. That all true obedience... Okay, God isn't looking for us to check off a list and to force ourselves to do something. He wants love. He wants it coming from the heart. All true obedience comes from the heart. It was heart work with Christ. And if we consent, he will so identify himself with our thoughts and aims, so blend our minds and hearts into conformity with his will, that when obeying him, we shall be but carrying out our own impulses. When I was little, I remember telling my parents, I wish that I, like that God could just make me a slave to righteousness. Like in the same way that I am just like prone to sin, and I just naturally go that way, and without thinking, I end up over here. I was telling them, I wish that I could just say, hey, God, I choose. I want you to do that in me to where I just naturally want you, and I just naturally go after you, and I naturally love, and I don't want the sin. And he did. He does. 
He gives, that's what this new birth is. That's what this new creation is. He gives us that. That when we are so close to him, when we're so united with him, when we believe that he, that when obeying him, we will be carrying out our own impulses. That's possible here. It's like there's a banquet and it's all set. And it has, like, food that we have not ever even imagined possible. Like, it's just, and it's beautiful. There's flowers all over the table. It's all set. And there's room at the table. And I've been working really hard. And I've made my best dish. And I want to come to this table, and I want to I add to it. And God says, this isn't potluck. You can't add to this. And that table is sitting there for me. And it is set, and I am welcome. But this is not. I cannot go down and sit at the table and put what I have brought, what I have made, what I have accomplished on that table. I have to be willing to leave that, to go sit down at the table and receive Everything that God has already done, it's sitting there, it's waiting for me. What's my part? I don't have to do the work. I just have to come and sit down and eat. That is what he has done for us. Like, can you imagine, could you create a God like that? A God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everything, and loves us in that kind of way. Jesus has done it all. We can rest. Now to him, who is able to keep you from stumbling, and make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless. Okay? And a lot of times in, like, my past, like, you know, like, it says that he credited us to righteousness. And I think that he just, like, somehow, like, just overlooks or, I mean, he does overlook. But crediting something to your account, like, you have that money. Right? It's there. It's not... It's something you possess. He has made us blameless. He has done it. He wants to do it. But we have to be united with him, and we have to believe. We have to put our whole life in, step all the way in. Make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. What's our job? Faith, belief, to sit down at the table. It's there. We can have that victory, but it's in unity with him. It's in that oneness that he becomes part of us in such a way that his life is lived out in us and it changes us from the inside out. And we experience 
what we were created for, what we've been longing for, what we've been going after all these times and coming up empty and broken. He has that for us. Do you want that? I want that. And I believe that that it begins in, right, seeking him and his kingdom and his righteousness, not trying to offer him a righteousness of my own. His righteousness, seeking after that, and he transforms me. He gives the victory. He has done it from start to finish. What a God. And yeah, to God be glory, majesty, dominion, authority, now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just, I thank you for who you are. Lord, it's hard for us to even accept who, who you are, how good you are, how much love you have for us. Lord, that you would leave all of heaven. You are in the presence of God. You love God. There's a relationship there. You're in his bosom. And Lord, you were willing to come here, to leave all of that, to leave what it is we're longing for. You are willing to do all of that because of your love for us. And you have done it. You've, you've obeyed for us. Lord, teach us. Teach us to have that faith, to have that belief, to sit down at the table and eat. Lord, I just thank you so much for your love. Only you can lead us. Lord, we trust you to lead us. We trust you to give us the victory. We thank you so much. And we love you and we want to love you more and we want to bring you joy. In Jesus' name, amen.